Let's make today the day you get one step closer to becoming the parent you've always wanted to be and the parent your children deserve. Welcome to Powerful Parenting for Today's Kids. I am your host, Erin Taylor, and I have wanted to help parents and children literally since I was 11 years old. I created this podcast to help you make a stronger, healthier, deeper connection to your child, to understand the inevitable challenges a little better, and learn some new ways to navigate them when they occur. Thank you for spending some time with me. Now let's get this show started. All right, welcome back to the show. And today's episode is 575. And today I have, yeah, today I have my good friend, Sari Pastori. Did I say it right? I forgot to even ask you. You did. Awesome. Yeah. So Sari is an educator and coach and the founder of Solid Ground Coaching. She resides with her family on the North Shore of Kauai. It sounds like paradise. Sari works with individuals, families, and organizations by encouraging curiosity, kindness, and resiliency. Welcome, Sari. It's great to have you here. I'm so happy to be here, Erin. Thanks for inviting me. So you and I connected a little while ago, and I... When we were chatting, I just loved what you were saying about just different things. And and it particularly struck me when we were talking about schooling and the pandemic and what kids and parents are struggling with these days. And I really thought that it would be bring huge value to my audience if we had a little chat on the podcast about some of that, because I know that kind of encompasses a little bit of what you do in your work. Yeah. Um, as we all know, it's completely overwhelming right now. Uh, parents did not sign up for virtual learning. Kids didn't sign up for it. Teachers did not sign up for it. So it's hard universally. Um, different flavors of hard, but hard. And so because the system is not changing in this moment, we have to kind of come up with creative solutions to make it work. Luckily, um, the best news is there's a beginning and an end. This is not forever. Uh, it's just more challenging because it's a nebulous end date. So not having that date set in stone, I think really adds to anxiety for all parties. Yes, absolutely. I was just talking to a colleague who is a mom as well, and she was telling me that her daughter, who's 11, she found out, she got a call from the school yesterday, the daughter's doing remote schooling, and the school said that her daughter was absent yesterday. And she said, well, I don't understand because she was online all day. So then she went and she uh, checked in with her daughter and it turned out that her daughter just decided to binge watch movies and was on her computer all day, but just didn't check into school. And in this case, this, 
this this young girl i think has an advantage because her mom works in this field she's also a coach and so instead of hammering her like i've heard other parents do out of the fear and the stress and not knowing what to do i've heard so many parents who say uh, i've seen this in facebook posts in groups, parenting groups, where they'll say, my kid is not doing what they need to do for school, or they're not showing up or whatever. And I've taken away everything, their phone, their video games, their this, their that. I don't know what else to do because they're not doing it. And I think, oh, you poor parent. Oh, no. That's not going to get them to do it. We have to figure out why. Why aren't they doing it? So well, what, I think what do you say to that? Well, I say that you can't start coming up with fixes if you don't know what the issue is. Mm -hmm. um, just like your kid comes running and screaming to you with an injury and you cover them with band-aids, but you miss the actual injury, you've not accomplished what your hope is to stop the bleeding, so to speak. So I think before you start kind of um, throwing tricks at it, you have to find out uh, what's happening. What is the goal of school right now? Uh, you have to find out who lives in your home and you're sharing space with. Mm -hmm. Are you able to work from home? Is your kid alone? Is there a neighbor there? So there's a lot of components and a lot of questions to ask before you, you start to kind of do implement more practical tools. So this is not a normal year and I don't believe the expectation is the same as any other previous year. So that's great news. Um, you can redesign what the expectation of school is and you can be honest about what the expectation of your child is at this school year and that's good. Uh, so once you kind of say, you know what, we're going to talk to the teacher and I'm only willing to do this amount of hours. That's it. I know that my child needs to move. I know that my child may not learn effectively over Zoom. I know because I'm this kid's mom or father or whoever you are in their family that this does not work for this child. You can talk to your teachers. Your teachers can collaborate with you. Um, so that's one of the things to to kind of redesign what you expect. And one of the people I worked with, she has a first grader and she was needing their particular school district. The child who was six needed to log in every 30 minutes in order to count it as there. This that is a seems six like a lot. It seems wow. horrible. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. And so luckily, um, the, the parent was able to connect with the teacher and talk about real, honest expectations. And that actually ended up including taking that child out of traditional school two days a week and go into a nature school. So she was out and running and playing. And then when she got home, she completed the lessons by the teacher. Oh, what a creative way of approaching that. I love that. Yeah. That's really interesting. So, yeah, you can do a lot more than you think and, and have more control than you think. But you also have to think, what do I have control over? Do I work at home or do I not? So those are things that you're not going to necessarily have control over. 
who is working in this house at the same time. That is something that's just set stone. You, you can't decide to not have as many children. Um, so there's things, there's things that you have to acknowledge as stuck there, and then you can be creative around that. Mm, that's really beautiful. It makes me think about a friend of mine whose daughter entered kindergarten this fall. So this is her first mm-hmm. experience ever with school. I mean, she went to preschool, but like real school, her her first real experience. And mm-hmm. right before school started, the school decided to go remote. And I think they only got in maybe two or three weeks of in-person school, which was one day a week uh, in the fall before they went remote again. And now they're starting back up again. But anyway, so this little five-year-old would have, like you said, 20, 30 minute sessions sprinkled throughout the day, but they would get, she would, her mom would, and then her mom said they had like seven different platforms that they had to use and pull from and this and that and it was just a juggling nightmare but then she so she would get on with her daughter you know help her daughter to get on she'd have the 20 30 minute thing with the teacher and then then it would be on the mom to get the schoolwork done with her and so and I'm sure it's just you know tracing her letters and doing the stuff that you do in kindergarten counting things or what have you but what what started happening is that the daughter became very defiant with the mom, grouchy, mean, not listening, all this stuff. And so she didn't know what the heck was going on. And once she started digging around and trying to get to the root of what was causing her daughter to be mean to her, what she discovered is that the little girl didn't understand because why would she? It's the first time she ever had school. She didn't understand that the assignments were coming from the teacher and her mom was helping her get them done. She thought the mom was just randomly like going, okay, now you have to do homework. And that the assignments were generating from the mom and the mom was the one torturing her. <laughs> so something oh my so simple and and the mom didn't ever think for a million years that this was the misunderstanding she just figured you know assumed that the daughter realized that the teacher was assigning the work and she was helping her get it done and so once they were able to clear that up and so the little girl understood how this whole thing worked and her mom was actually helping her instead of her enemy <laughs> then the little girl's behavior was much better and she was no longer mean to the mom. Simple solution, just a misunderstanding. So it's really interesting yeah, how kinds of weird, so much is. <laughs> weird things are going on with this kind of schooling. You are correct. <laughs> you are completely correct. So I personally homeschool um, and I work with some people who do the virtual Um, online schooling as well but I actually started homeschooling in an emergency as well uh, just a couple years ago Uh, we had a terrible flood in my neighborhood I live in a very rural area and we were cut off from our main town for about a year wow so we yeah it was you know surprise Wow. So we ended up having, yes, it was actually a little over, but in our neighborhood, um, 
I helped start a satellite school out in our neighborhood so kids could go do school. And then eventually that ended and kids were able to get to the, our school uh, closest to us again. And I was like, you know what? I realized I learned a lot of things teaching there three days a week. I'm keeping my kid home. We're going to do homeschool. So just having said that, I understand completely the emergency. Hurry up. You're going to do a totally different thing now. Um, and it takes a lot of just compassion for yourself and patience for yourself. Uh, but number one, I think the biggest helpful thing to do is have the perspective of this is an experiment. This is not something that we know the outcome of. We cannot plan anything really. This is an experiment. So we're going to try it for a while one way. If, it's, if something doesn't work, we can tweak it. And then we can try a new way after that. It's, it's an experiment and you're collaborating with your child. So when you were sharing about uh, your friend whose kindergarten student was fighting mom, that's, very, that's a great example of why you need to talk to your kids about how this is an experiment. Mm -hmm. We didn't pick it. This is what we have to deal with. And we're going to make the best of it. You, child, five-year-old, 10-year-old, 14-year-old, what do you think is going to work best for you to learn and, and be in school? So I'm here as the support staff. I'm here to help you. If you don't understand something, we can email the teacher. Uh, I can help explain something if I happen to know about it. I may not. We can do research together. So I'm here as support. You're responsible for your own education. Um, and we're going to think of this and frame it as an experiment. So we'll try some of the tips that I might share with you today. And if it works for us, we'll continue doing it. When it stops working, we'll try something new and we'll reconvene maybe weekly with what worked and what didn't. And this does not have an age attached to it. This applies to all human beings. Um, and having that real conversation with your, your child is going to empower them and want to take on more responsibility for their own education, which it is actually their responsibility. We are only support staff and we can't force our kids to do homework. It's just not real. I think that's one of the things I loved most that you said when we were chatting the other day, this concept of approaching, well, you could approach school that way. You could approach any problem or issue with your child that way with just the concept of we're entering into an experiment here we had this challenge in mm -hmm. front of us we're going let's try let's talk first about what we think might work and might help make this problem go away or get better or be easier or what have you and then let's reconvene and see if our experiment and our ideas worked and then if they didn't work or they're not working as well as we want then we'll come up with something else and try it again. And when you said that to me the other day, I just felt instant, oh, like I could just imagine a parent and a child having a conversation about something that's a stressor, like this remote schooling and, or anything, you know, a kid not cleaning up their room or fighting with their sibling or whatever it is. And I think parents generally, we feel very, um, it feels urgent that we have to 
fix the problem and has to stop immediately and at all costs, no matter what, we're going to just squash it out through punishments or timeouts or whatever it is. And then everybody's stressed and everybody's on edge and everybody's everything. And then the, just that concept of we're, we're just going to do a little experiment and we're going to see if it works. And if it does, yay, we'll keep doing it. If it doesn't, we'll come up, we'll meet again and we'll see what we can do to try a different thing. It just is just such a, just such a supportive, gentle, low pressure way of just approaching a problem. I love it. I love, love, love that. Me too. It works. And, and what is really cool about it too is um, you get wonderful ideas from, from your child or your children. They have you great ideas. The best. They have so the creative. best ideas. They have amazing feedback and it, gives them an opportunity to think about how they learn and what works for them. They actually have to be engaged mm -hmm. with assessing situations. And there's a lot of different components with that. Ooh, I realize I didn't have a good enough breakfast. I wonder if that's why my mind is wandering. So I know um, next time when we talk about a change, I need to eat a great breakfast. Um, but the other amazing aspect of it is that you get to have a redefining of, of words. Oftentimes, we'll throw words at our kids, I want you to clean your room. But your idea of what the room looks like and their idea of what the room looks like is vastly different. Mm -hmm. So having these conversations means that you actually are speaking the same language mm, and sometimes so for the first time. So having very clear expectations and getting sort of calibrated, what does this word mean to our family is very helpful. So instead of you yelling at your kid, why didn't you clean your room? And them looking so confused at you, I did clean my room. Um, that's going to just get rid of a lot of misunderstandings and arguments. Mm, so beautiful. I love it. And then one of the other things that you were mentioning, and I was hoping you could talk a little bit about it, is the idea of creating how, how we can be intentional about our spaces to help us be more productive, learn better, be more focused. Can you talk a little bit more about that and how that can help kids in this pandemic? Yes, um, I love to. I think this is one of the best things I learned teaching in a classroom is that we are influenced by our physical environment greatly, a lot more than we think. Um, so moving furniture, changing wall color, um, changing your chair you sit in, doing a stand-up desk, having all different types of tweaks in your environment gets you a lot of bang for your buck. And it gives you, your child, many options for how they learn. So in our particular house, I have a chair for my, my son at a desk. I have a stool that goes on top of the desk for him to put his uh, computer on. So it's, I already own a stool. And now I've made a free stand-up desk. Um, 
other people can, I'm sure they have stools or something like a bucket upside down on a desk. Now you're done. You've, you've created something that costs a lot of money in stores. So he also has a giant exercise bouncy ball that he can use instead of a chair, which is very helpful. So he, I, I'm not in charge of what he chooses to, to use while he's getting work done, but he has an option of a chair, a bouncy ball standing up, um, and he can sit on the floor. So there's a lot of different now physical positions you're in and they're all offered to him. Hmm. Another thing that's incredibly helpful is your, what you hear. If you have a busy household and you're trying to focus on work, headphones go a long way. Um, oh, yes. Listening to music that you like, it's not, it does not have to be, you know, Mozart. It can be whatever you're interested in right now that can help you focus on a task. If you're not a music person, you can listen to white noise or rain sounds or ocean sounds just so you can tune out the moving around of the family or whoever's at home. Um, just positioning yourself changes everything. I, I noticed so for my, the, Oh, go yes. ahead. I was just, if you position yourself into a room where other people are working, your eye is going to catch all the movements in a way that if you're facing a blank wall, there's nothing to look at but work, whatever your, your task is in that moment. And when a child is physically, actually all people are physically looking at the task, they're going to stay more focused and it will get done more quicker, more quickly. So if you look away, you're going to take large breaks if you're looking down. So sometimes I'll just walk by and point at what's happening and keep going. <laughs> this as a, look over here. Interesting. I, d I noticed with my daughter and doing her hybrid schooling when she's at home, she, she changes her environment a lot. Every few weeks, maybe once every month or two, she rearranges her bedroom. And she's very aware that it kind of revitalizes her and refreshes her. So that's really interesting. And then she, for a couple of days, she'll do her schooling, her get online with her classes in her bed. Then she'll switch. She's got this huge beanbaggy thing to sit in. She'll sit in there. She'll mm -hmm. move to her little desk in her room. Sometimes she comes downstairs in the kitchen. So she's constantly, or sitting on the couch in the living room, she's constantly bouncing around to different places. And I think it is because she inherently knows that being in the same position in the same spot every time. Now that might work very well for some kids to keep them focused, but she's the kind of kid who needs, mm -hmm. um, she needs variety and she needs uh, novelty. So she's constantly giving it to herself, which I think helps her to be able to keep her mind focused on the schoolwork that she's trying to get done. So it's really interesting. That's awesome. And I mm -hmm. think it is important well, for I kids try to, to balance. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think it's important for, um, for parents to, to hear mm -hmm. the, these ideas that you're saying about just experimenting and seeing what works best for their child, helping their child to discover what works best. Because this pandemic and this way of schooling is definitely not ideal, and it's the best 
that Mm-mm. parents and teachers and kids can come up with in an emergency situation, like you had said. And so let's just see how, let's just experiment and see how we can help our kids and how they can help themselves figure out what works best to get through this weird time. Yeah. Um, it's again, I really, I love that there's a beginning and an end to this, but it does also give us such awesome opportunities to rethink what we value about education what we expect from education, what we expect our role as parents to be, and what we expect from our child and their journey in their own academic career. So it gives us a a lot of fabulous opportunities to, again, rethink or maybe just think for the first time. It's not an automatic daycare. It's actually, there's more to this than, than maybe we originally thought. And In all things, I just try to think of it as balance and in your home. So if it's so overwhelming, talk to your teacher. Your your child's teachers are are there. They are advocates for children. They are advocates for school and education. And they'll be able to possibly help you. Not everybody, but you know what I mean. Um, But balancing things is such an easy first step you can take to just make it a little better. Um, Just balancing time during virtual or online school, both inside and outside. Um, Having your your child have sitting and standing time um, balanced in a way that it's not only one. Um, Having movement time and time that you're still. You got to have both to just make the day work. And The other very easy thing you can do, too, is just think of what are the basic needs of this person so they can just start school. So you got to have like food in their belly, clothing that's comfy. It seems obvious, but um, it's just if our children are dealing with a biological need, they're not learning the thing you want them to learn because they're I'm cold, my toe itches, whatever it is got to address that in order to move forward so just kind of thinking in your mind balancing things biological needs uh, having a boring workplace and um, I I think those are fabulous first steps in in just but two (laughs) this is so hard it is so absolutely just beyond. Um, again, I homeschool, but when I work with kids who are doing school virtually, it is a thousand times harder than homeschool. So anyone who is doing it in that way, please understand your superheroes. Please know that, that this is not an easy task. And it is so hard to not only uh, try, try to get all of your things done, also be the teacher, but you're not just the teacher, you're the substitute teacher because it's not your curriculum, it's not your deadline, you have no idea what's coming, so you can't prepare emotionally or prepare with conversations or even prepare your house for that experiment that the teacher needed you to do. So you're always the substitute teacher and nobody is good at that job. That's so true. It's so hard. And, and I, I love that you said 
that the parents are the superheroes because I talk to so many parents who just feel so bad about the job that they're doing right now in this pandemic with this altered way of educating our kids. And the truth is they are doing the best they can and they are superheroes. And I hope that every parent listening remembers that, that they are rock stars and it might not be easy, but I think Superman and Wonder Woman, sometimes the things they did weren't easy either, but they still were amazing at it and they did the best they could. And that's what parents are doing every day and kids are doing every day. So I think framing it and keeping that in perspective that this is a really hard time. It's long-term. It's a marathon, not a sprint. You know, when I, I know mm -hmm. I remember last March when we got the notice that our schools were shutting down, the, the middle school shutdown was going to shut down for 14 days because at the time it was like, you know, clamp down for 14 right. days. That's the quarantine period. And then we'll start back up again. So the middle school mm -hmm. on the same, on the day they said it, they said, we'll be closed for four, for two weeks. And then the high school on the same day said, we'll be closed. This was March 15th. They said, we will reopen April 20th. And we were thinking five weeks, our what? kids are going to be home for five weeks. How is this going to work? Five whole weeks. Are you kidding? So, you know, back then it yeah. was just the hyped up emotion of we're sprinting through this. This is crazy. We never had this before. We're going to do whatever we can to get through this. And then five weeks turned into mm -hmm. it's almost a year later. So, um, yeah, it takes a different <laughs> skill set to do this for the long term than it did to do it for a couple of weeks, what we thought we were doing back then. So I think if parents can just be gentle with themselves and have some grace, offer some grace to themselves and their kids and do like you said, treat this like an experiment, approach it. If you've been approaching it that way in the way of battling your child and you're not doing it and I'm going to take this away and punish you and this, that, and the other, just have that reset conversation and say, you know what, Ugh. Whatever we were doing before, it wasn't working. So I have a new idea. Mm -hmm. Let's do an experiment. Like you said, let's talk about some ideas that might help you to, to remember to log in, to remember when your class starts, or to remember to get your work done, or to be able to focus better, or whatever. Let's just experiment and see if we can make this work better. I think it's a beautiful a beautiful energy to bring to a challenging situation. Oh man, it certainly is challenging. <laughs> yes. But yeah, there's definitely so many amazing ideas that kids can come up with and just tricks. I mean, having an alarm on their phone that's, that tells you when you need to log in. Um, one of my favorites is just exercise. Uh, if you live in a place that's too snowy, you can't go outside you can still have your kid up and moving. Um, and one of the things that I have just am all about is taking a break, not as a reward for your child, but have it be built into your schedule. Um, just like it's not a reward to eat dinner. It's not a reward to get a good night's sleep. It's not a reward to have a break in between subjects. Um, it's actually required. 
So if your if your child doesn't have that 10 minute break, 15 minute break, whatever works for your family, they're going to be taking that break in the following subject. All right. It's a good point. Yeah, built-in breaks are nice. So, mm-hmm. I even know a lot of and not uh, reward. Right, just a a necessary part of survival. Mm-hmm. My my good friend Dr. Shafali talks often about how she builds in time during her workday during the day, which I mean, every day is a work day when work blends into life and it feels like fun. But when she's sitting down working, she builds in time to Mm -hmm. just stop and just look out the window and just stare out the window. And it may be five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever, just, just stop doing all activity and just be in that moment look at the birds flying by, look at the grass, look at the trees blowing, whatever you see out there and just, just, just check out for a couple minutes and re- renew, recharge, rest. Yeah. That's such a good thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and if you can combo it with movement, it's a bonus. You get extra points for that. Yes. As far as the movement thing goes, my husband, we, we are a big volleyball family. So my husband played, oh, awesome. my husband played in college. I played intramural in college with him, uh, but he played on the school team. My son plays in college. My other two play on a club team. So it's a volleyball family. And he found this jump training 30 day workout thing. And Oh, he bought it and he was going to do it with my son. My son had agreed to do it with him. And then they did it for about a week and then kind of got distracted and didn't do it. So then he was talking about it again. And I suggested, why don't we all do it? All four of us. Cause the older one, he's at school doing his own jump training with the team. But, um, right. We've been doing it. We're on day nine now and we've been doing it. We took one or two days off. So we just kind of, you know, get back to the day we left off on, but we're on day nine and man, it's so good. It's fun to work out together and Mm -hmm. we all feel stronger and better. Like our bodies feel better. And I can see with my kids that they're, well, not so much my son because his He's just kind of, he's good at self-regulating. But with my daughter, I could see that her baseline is just more buoyant, more happy, more energetic, more positive, just that regular. And this workout is intense. Oh my gosh. I can't even believe what I said yes to. Wow. But um, yeah, it's, it's an intense workout and, and I could see that it's just lifting everybody's mood and it's I'm so grateful for it so I'll have to figure out what we're going to do in 21 days when we're finished (laughs) but yeah it's actually amazing how fast you see the change in mood and focus in people and then you're so fast so fast it's so fast and then if you're if you know your kid is is getting enough movement and time just having blood move through their body and to their brain um you have less issues with focus you have oh yes less corrections to make and you have less you know mood swings to deal with 
it just makes your job as parent easier. Yes. But you know what I'll say? My daughter, she's 15. She knows she goes through spurts where she exercises more and less and she knows mm-hmm. how good it makes her her feel physically and mentally she knows oh yeah but sometimes even that knowledge isn't enough to overcome the inertia and get started and so i've been i've been really good since through the pandemic with doing regular exercise for some reason, I guess more time, less schedules. I don't know, but I've been able to be very uh, consistent and I've been talking to her about it and, you know, she'll stop, she'll start. And she knows that she wants to, and Mm -hmm. it's good for her, but she can and whatever. But me suggesting that all four of us do it, do this. And then them, the two of them agreeing has been amazing because then none of us want to back out if the other three are doing it. So we're kind of all keeping ourselves accountable. So that's been really working for, for our family and, you know, different things. Again, you experiment and see what works, but I would just drop this little nugget in for, for my listeners that you might want to get off the couch and move with your kid because it's fun and it makes everybody feel good and it might help you all to be more accountable to each other. So just dropping that in there too. Um, I love this advice. It's amazing. And so not only will your child have better mood regulation, so will you and you'll feel better and you'll be more patient. And so not only does it help your child in school, it helps you just in your life and in, in parenting and helping your child through that school um, challenge. So it's kind of a win-win, but I definitely have trouble um, getting myself to motivate specifically to, to exercise for exercise sake. Um, I like to do something that I enjoy that an exercise is a byproduct of. Mm. Um, so I love hiking and I love walking cause I love listening to podcasts and audiobooks and music. And so if mm-hmm. I, if I am walking or, or hiking, then I have an excuse to listen to something I'm excited to listen to. Um, but again, the exercise part is a byproduct. It's an accident of something that I really enjoy doing. Um, and that really helps me uh, to stay motivated to move. But also, I just feel like motivation often follows action, which is rude, but seems to be the case. <laughs> well, um, it's momentum, right? It just builds on itself. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. hard to get started, but once you do, it's easier to keep going, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. So whatever it is that we don't feel like doing, whether it's homework or taxes or you know washing dishes, whatever thing we don't want to do, you do the first step. Don't wait for motivation because you're going to be never doing it. No, Just do it. True. And then maybe five minutes in, you'll get some motivation to con- complete the task. That's a good point. Thanks for making that point. Yes. Just take that first tiny step, tiny, tiny step. You know, even if it's from, mm-hmm. if it's just walking around the block, just something, the first tiny step, and hopefully the good feelings you generate from that and the pride of doing it, either you or your child or both of you or all of you, then that makes you say, hmm, let's see if we can do that again. That was pretty good. And then it just builds up from oh, there, yeah. hopefully. 
Well, this has been absolutely yes. fabulous, Sari. I really have enjoyed talking with you and I think we've brought my listeners some really good value, hopefully. So if they wanted to connect with you to talk more about how they can, you know, adjust their child's environment or help their child get through this weird schooling a little bit better, how can they find out more about you and what you do? Uh, you can go just to my website, which is solidgroundcoaching.com. You can find me on Instagram, solidgroundcoaching. Uh, you can email me at solidgroundcoaching at gmail.com. And I would love to hear from you. I'm, I actually would love to hear what has worked for you. Um, I think the more we share with each other collectively, the better off we all are. So if you have some great tips, I'll take them too. Super. I love it. So I will put your website in the show notes so that anyone can find you and connect with you and, and uh, get some help from you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for sharing this time with me, Sari. And I hope that we've brought some good value to everyone. So as you know, that wraps up today's episode. Wherever you are in this world, I hope you make it a very motivating day for yourself. That wraps up this episode of Powerful Parenting for Today's Kids. If you know anyone who could benefit from this episode or this podcast in general, please share it with them. Also, I always love hearing feedback from my listeners. I welcome you to send me an email to Aaron at Aaron-Taylor.com if you have any comments or questions that come up for you in an episode. Our children are our future. Parenting them is the most sacred task we will ever be asked to do. It truly does take a village to raise a child. Let's help each other to raise our children to be who it is they are meant to be. If at any point you feel like you need a little extra help and support, reach out to me. I am here to help you.